Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Strange Familiars. How are you tonight, Alice? It's not tonight. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's still daylight. It's one of the rare occasions when we're recording during the day. So how are you? I'm fine. Thank you. Night or day? Night or day. Fine. Either way. I care about your state of being. Before we get to the show, I have to give a big thank you to Liv Rainey Smith, who sent me one of the coolest things. It's a coin that was given to her by her grandfather. It's a six Marian Groschen, and I probably pronounced that wrong, issued in 1689 by Ernst August, Duke of Brunswick Lundberg, Prince Elector of Hanover, and Bishop of Osnabrück. And, you know, we had someone email us recently. Mm-hmm. He said, if you need help pronouncing German, you know, just you can send me the stuff first and I'll, I'll help you with the correct pronunciation. In lieu of that, we're just going to make that person cringe. <laughs> yeah, so I. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, I would love to take advantage of that in the future. But that, that is a super kind offer, but I forgot. And, and now we're recording. Now, so, But this coin, besides being from 1689, has a wild man on it. It is so cool. My dad is a coin collector and you showed it to him and he was, I could tell he was deeply jealous. <laughs> it's so neat. And like you said, I think it's, it's the oldest thing in this house, probably. Besides you, yeah. <laughs> Maybe some rocks. Yeah, we probably have some rocks. Parts of our basement, probably. Or some fossils somewhere, I think. But probably the oldest man-made thing in the house. Definitely. And it's so cool. This is such a neat gift, and I love it. Thank you, Liv. Thank you so much. I think we're going to put it in the display case with like some of like the rare powwow stuff. and Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. And the bunnies. So thank you once again, Liv. I love it. All right, on tonight's show, 
I will be talking with Dino, who has this really kind of intense and interesting Bigfoot encounter where this massively tall, which she initially thought was a bear, came charging at her on two legs mm-hmm. and then bent down into her face and roared. And over time, she's come to terms with it probably not being a bear. Bears don't tend to charge on their hind legs. And I think she'd probably be in really grave danger, right? If oh, a, yeah. If a bear really was doing that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. She's also got stories of tall grays and more. Before we get to Dina, I want to thank our patrons. Thank you, patrons. Thank you so much for everything you do. If you like Strange Familiars and you want to get extra content besides and get ad-free versions of the regular episodes, you can become a patron at Patreon. It's patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. Like I said, our patrons get ad-free versions of the weekly shows, plus they get two full extra episodes of Strange Familiars every month. We could not do this show without our patrons, so thank you so much, patrons. Thank you for your help. Patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. All right, let's go ahead and get to this Bigfoot story with Dina. I'd like to welcome Dina to the show. How are you doing tonight? Doing great. Thank you. Well, you contacted me with several experiences, which is not uncommon for folks on this show as a what I feel I'm a multiple experiencer myself. I absolutely <laughs> love to hear people's stories. Well, first of all, let's tell us a little bit about yourself. I grew up in a lot of places, but I was born in Provo, Utah, and I was raised in a lot of places because my mom was a single mom and she liked moving around. We would go wherever she got accepted into university basically. So I lived in California for a few years. My mom went to SDSU there. Then we lived in Mexico for a few months because my mom got accepted to like a foreign exchange program and they allowed her to bring her daughters and she was a single mom with three girls and I was the middle child. And then we lived in Hawaii. My mom got a scholarship to go to BYU, Hawaii. And then when she met my dad, I was eight. And then they got married when I was 10. My dad was kind of the kind of person that was like, we are not moving anymore. These (laughs) girls need to stay in one place. But we did end up living in Spain and England, which there's just a lot of adventures there. But after high school, I I've lived in a lot of places since, <laughs> not trying to perpetuate my mom's moving, <laughs> but then anyway, so now I'm back here in Salt Lake City. Um, the first thing that we were going to talk about happened in, actually, I don't want to give the exact place, That's but fine. I will say it was in the Uintas, and it's it's a little tiny town northeast of Salt Lake City. Okay. So what happened there was series of fortunate and unfortunate events. I was in Turkey for a few years and I got married while I was in Turkey and I came back to this little tiny town in in Utah because 
I thought that when my husband would come and we would reunite, it would be a good place for him to just kind of wash off all of the concrete jungle that he would that he came from living near Istanbul, Turkey, which is like an ocean of humans there and an even bigger ocean of concrete, mm. you know, and noise and stuff. And I thought, oh, well, he will like it here. So I moved to this small place in 2013. I have some a couple of friends that live in this village. And they were like, you know, just come here. It's really good. It will get you away from, you know, just the hustle and bustle. Your mind can think clearer, that sort of thing. So... For the first year and a half when I came back to the United States, I didn't have a car. And so I would walk everywhere. Well, about six months after I moved back to to Utah from Turkey, I was able to get myself this little apartment or condo, I should say. And I loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it. But my friends would ask me, how do you like your new place? And I'd say, it's really great. But at night, I would hear a drunk man try to hoot like an owl. Interesting. And the hoots would be like, woo, woo. At first, it sounded like a real owl, like, woo, woo. And then after that, it would go from that to woo, woo. And I thought that why is this drunk person trying to hoot at me like an owl? Why is, and I couldn't see, you know, um, this little place, there were probably three street lamps throughout the entire valley. Not a lot of lighting. And they have this kind of like an air noise kind of thing where your lights need to be a little bit more dim. Mm -hmm just to keep the serenity and the beauty of where I lived, mm -hmm. you could see the sky like you could touch the stars. It's, it's that close to heaven. It's like 8,000 feet above sea level. So it's pretty high in the mountains. So that was kind of strange. And I told my friends and they laughed. They're like, it's just a barn owl. And I was like, okay, Okay, it's a weird one, but okay. Hmm. Maybe it's a drunk barn owl. <laughs> so then there were a couple of other things. Like I would hear this woman screaming bloody murder in the middle of the night. And I had some friends that would say, yeah, my, my dog refuses to go out at night by himself. Interesting. They hate it. And I go, oh my gosh, that's really weird. Well, I worked at a ski resort eight miles north and another 2,000 feet above sea level. And they had this really narrow road and it was very windy to get up. So I would walk up there until my boss found out that I was walking up there. Then she was like, no, 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 let me drive you. And so I got to drive up, but there were times where I had to walk home and that was at 
10.30 at night. So I started walking home. It was in about April, May, because the snow was already melted. And so the skiers couldn't go up to ski. And they call in between the seasons. It's either mud season or it's ski season. <laughs> that, that's how the skiers, you know, determine time up here. Sure, yeah. yeah. <laughs> For me, it's freezing cold and then kind of cold and then it's time to go to the beach. <laughs> <laughs> but um, anyway, so this road is super windy and it's 10 o'clock at night and the UDOT just had paved a mile strip of this road. It used to be a high grade road. So at night, by the moonlight, I could actually see where I was going. But then when they paved it over, I had to pull out, you know, like a flashlight. Well, I was walking home and oh, oh, one time I got struck by lightning. What? I mean, it's really crazy up there. Yeah. Um, so thunderstorms just come and go like really quickly up there. It's it's a very, very, very strange. The Uintas are very strange. I don't know if you knew that, but they are. And so I was walking home and this bolt of lightning came down three feet from where I was. It didn't like hit me, hit me, but it was so, I, I was so close to the lightning bolt that I flew back mm -hmm. and yeah. I blacked out and all I could see was white everywhere. And then the sound was just like, I couldn't hear anything. And then when I woke up, I was about 30 feet from where I was walking and where the lightning had struck. Wow. So when I was a kid and... at the farmhouse I grew up in, we had a pool outside for a while, uh -huh. an above ground pool. And uh, my father had run electric out there to run the filters. But it, oh, it, yeah. it went in from the electric line came into the closet in the kitchen. And I was sitting there eating dinner one night and lightning struck outside. It struck the power outside. <gasps> but it came through to that uh, closet in the kitchen. I was <gasps> sitting by it. It knocked me off my chair. Oh, my gosh. So I can only imagine, like, you know, and I, I guess that was secondary. You know, the lightning struck outside. Yeah. Still, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's shocking. It, it's, like, not, it no is. pun intended. <laughs> it, it is. It, it, it totally 100% is. And when I woke up, I was, like, 30 feet from where I was. And I was on my back, and I had a backpack on. And I was just sore and I just felt like I was just beat up. And I thought, oh my gosh, when I wake up tomorrow, it's going to hurt. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so that happened. And then wildlife kind of likes me, I guess. Moose would follow me when I would walk home sometimes. And so one night I was walking on the road and it was July 24th and the reason why I remember that is because it's a huge holiday here in Utah. July 24th is almost as big as the 4th of July here. Hmm. So during the whole month of July everybody's so patriotic they keep 
their flags up and their 4th of July decorations all the way until the 25th of July so that they don't have to take them down and so that they can just celebrate the 24th and the 4th of July that much longer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the whole month of July, there's fireworks going on and that kind of stuff. So I remember it was that because I remember working on that night and I was walking home and I love to camp. I love being outdoors, but to sound like a gentle lady, I will say that what happened is I needed to go to the bathroom. Okay. (laughs) And I'm really bad at that. I'm really bad. (laughs) And so I walked up a little bit onto a hill and this whole area that I'm talking about is all canyon. So the road is in a ravine and then there's even a ravine inside the ravine. Mm -hmm. And so it's just all mountains and then there's steep, steep, steep mountains because it's the Uintas and it's the Wasatch Front. It's behind the Wasatch Front. So it's very mountainous. Anyway, I had to hike up a little bit and I got to a flat spot and I found a log so that I can kind of sit over it Do, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know the move yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry humans I'm so sorry about this but no, that's it. if, if so, you've camped any time at all you know that <laughs> but I always have bad luck and so I have to remove my pants <laughs> so I don't get anything on my pants <laughs> I know that <laughs> meaning move too. I have to that's... take off my shoes too yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm doing my thing that I need to do and I hear right behind me a roof, roof. and then the bush is shaking oh, and I'm geez. like it's a moose I'm going to get hurt by a moose. I It's going to run me down. And there's this one moose that I would see everywhere, and I would call him Mr. Moose. And I'm like, Mr. Moose, don't hurt me. <laughs> and then and then it was getting louder and stronger, and the bushes were just behind me just shaking. And then the moose sounded kind of a little bit strange because the moose was going, rrr, rrr, like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this moose is really, really ticked off. And so I had to run and because I thought that's just the perfect time to go. And I grabbed my pants and I run. And then I'm like yelling, Mr. Moose, don't kill me. And then I'm like trying to put my pants on at the same time. <laughs> and then I realized, oh no, I forgot my backpack and I don't want to litter and I had an empty gallon jug water because there's another thing. There are cougars up there and I just the couple weeks before saw a mother cougar moving her cubs. And so I thought, oh gosh, I've got the cougar down there that I'm running to and I've got the the moose behind me and now I got to get my water jug and the weirdest thing is is that I felt like I was being chased but when I turned around I couldn't see the moose Mm -hmm. and I thought if the moose is gonna charge at me that would have been the perfect time so I went and got my water jug and I still heard kind of grunting but I was like okay 
Moose knows I'm going. Sorry, Mr. Moose, I'm leaving. So I get home, took me about two and a half hours to walk all the way downhill from the top of the mountain. Mm-hmm. So I, I get home and I was beat and I was just, okay, I'm going to bed. Then about a week later, I started smelling where I saw another cougar and it was a, a male cougar and he just like walks everywhere. And where I saw him walking around, I smelled, it smelled like dead animal. And I thought, oh my gosh, he's hiding his feast somewhere. Mm-hmm. That's really gross. Yuck. And then I didn't think anything further about that. Now, another thing to know is that this particular mountain and this particular ski resort has a lake in kind of the middle of one of the runs. And in the summertime, the fish and game will come up and they will stalk the pond with trout, rainbow trout. They put it full and then people can go up there. If they know about it, they can go up there, they can hike in. They don't have to have a license Mm -hmm. and they can go and fish for trout there. Freshwater salmon and trout. So it's pretty cool. You know, and there's a lot of deer, elk, cougar. I've seen bear up there. So this is my bear encounter. So a few weeks after after the 24th, so it was in August at this time, I'm walking down the hill, and from where the parking lot of the resort that I worked, you had to go down a little bit of a hill, and then you had a switchback that went a sharp right to go down the hill for a mile and then you have a sharp left I went down that switchback so now there is shrubbery and part of the hill and then on top of that would be the parking lot and it's hard to get around the shrubbery or go through the shrubbery so that's why I would just walk around that well that parking lot has some dim lights. They're not super, super bright, but they're bright enough that you can see. Mm-hmm. For some reason or another, I just had this really strange feeling that something was watching me. It was the weirdest feeling. And then all of a sudden, I look to my right and I see the strangest looking bear. So the bear was about 18 feet tall just because it was on that hill. But that hill is about six feet, you know, maybe even more. Mm-hmm. And um, so the bear is sitting there and all of a sudden I felt like an invisible wall was standing there. Like I was conscious. I wanted to move, but I couldn't move. I just froze And something was holding me back from moving. And I hear this voice within me 
inside me say, don't move a muscle. Wow. And I'm standing there and I'm frozen. And I thought, it's the bear. And so, so that I don't scream, I put my hands, both of my hands over my mouth. And this bear charges and it sounded like a herd of elephants just barreling down the hill. The bear stops right at me, bends down and roars this most terrifying roar I could, you can ever imagine. It sounded like a lion. It sounded like two or three big cats at the same time. And then at the end, it sounded like a donkey hmm. hee-hawing. So it almost sounded like one of those orcs from the Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. and how they, how they screamed and roared. But then at the end, they kind of have this like squealing, kind of a strange yeah. squealing sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounded like that. Wow. And then so, I kind of. I, I don't oh, know whether to interrupt you and ask questions or let you finish and then ask questions. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. And I'll ask questions at the end. And so then I'm like, this is what I said. I said, Bear, I am so sorry I got in your space, but I don't want to die tonight. I can't die tonight. And as soon as I, it was like a thought, it barreled down the other side of the hill, down the ravine, and it was smashing and crashing and screaming all the way down but the scream was like this lion like three lions just roaring this loudest sound this loudest roar i could ever sound it sound like a bear with a big lion like you know it was the strangest roar and then i didn't turn around i walked backwards all the way back to the parking lot and then I turned and right in front of me was this maintenance guy that lived there and worked there and he heard it and he had two double barrel shotguns because he's a hunter Mm -hmm. I just was such in shock I said did you see and hear that and he said All I know is I'm telling everyone it was a bear. Hmm. And I was like, well, that's what I thought I saw. And so for years and years and years and years, since 2014, I'm just like, I almost got attacked by a bear. And I told all my friends about it. I was like, I almost got attacked by a bear. And then I would tell them the story and they go, so the bear bent down and, you know, there are big grizzlies up in the Uintas and in, you know, I mean, all kinds of wildlife. And so it's not too common to run into a grizzly. There are signs all over town that say you are in bear country. This is what you do if you see a black bear and this is what you do if you see a grizzly. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I'm thinking, I saw a grizzly. I saw a grizzly. 
because I couldn't imagine anything else. Well, then a year ago, my son asked me a question about something totally different. And I was telling him about it. And he said, Mom, you need to do a podcast. And so I said, okay, so I don't really have a podcast because I'm still working that out because I don't have a computer. But I do have a YouTube channel with seven subscribers, which is really exciting. <laughs> and mostly my kids <laughs> and a couple of friends. And I try to collect stories, you know. So in order to do that, I went on Twitter and I found Sasquatch Chronicles. Mm -hmm. And that was about this year, actually. It was um, February or March. And I started listening to all these stories. And I, as I was listening to them, I was thinking, these sound like my experience. And I understand that I'm sorry. I'm so embarrassed. I forgot his name. The uh, the host? <laughs> yes. It's Wes. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Wes. I'm so sorry. Wes was also a hunter at one point. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, I need to talk to someone about this. So I wrote him an email and he called me like within a day or so. And he's like, I got to tell you that that was not a bear. A bear would have just ripped you up and mopped you up for dinner. <laughs> and I was like, oh. And so I had to let that kind of sink in for a while. And then while I was listening to Sasquatch Chronicles, I heard you were on there at one time. Yeah, I've been and on there a few times. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I gotta listen to the strange familiars. So I've been listening to your stories and the people that come on and the things that you read. And I'm just like, I have to talk about this again. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So anyway. All right. So when it came down off the hill, how close was it to you? When it was on the hill, it was probably about 12 or 15 feet away but when it came in front of me it was about two to three feet my goodness uh, yeah and could you get a better estimate of its height at that point i would say 12 feet my because goodness. i'm sit i'm six feet tall mm -hmm. and it had to bend down to get in my face wow and, oh my gosh, <laughs> I'm so scared about it even now. And I did, I've never gone back since then and told any of my friends uh, it was a Sasquatch. And the, and the strange thing is, is that everybody in this town, okay, they know that there's Bigfoot all over there. And many people, almost half of the town have seen or heard and other strange things had been happening I moved out and I moved down to Salt Lake City and now I live right next door to, <laughs> to a cemetery because I can't stay away from the paranormal right <laughs> <laughs> and there's other stories with that too but when I left they were 
people all around town was talking about how their cats have been going missing. Mm-hmm. And um, people have been saying it's attributed to the cougar. But this is the thing, is that you see cougar walking around every once in a while, or you can, but they would prefer to eat bigger animals than that, especially if it's a mama and she needs to feed her babies. They'd have to catch like five or six cats a night. Right, yeah. But there's so many elk, deer, year-round, you know? Like, you can see deer all over the place, elk everywhere, moose everywhere. And so they couldn't get the moose, but you see baby fawns all over the place. And then with that trout pond, I am sure that I've seen bear sitting in another pond that's down lower because we also have beaver up there too. And I call it the the beaver condo because it's actually really fancy what they've done. (laughs) And I've seen the bear go and sit there. And it's like a watering hole for the deer, the elk, and and the moose go and water there and drink water there. So my guess is that a cougar would get many more meals out of a fawn than they would out of a cat. Mm -hmm. So when I, when I lived up there, I worked on a ranch and I protected the foals that were born. And then I also helped out. Um, I called her the lady. She has now been deceased since 2017, but, um, the ranchers have all kinds of stories about that. And then there's a guy up there. His name is Dave. And everybody calls him Bigfoot Boy because he does nonstop talk about Bigfoot. And there have been so many sightings that it's almost like, yeah, I saw Bigfoot yesterday. It's like saying, yeah, I saw Frank mm-hmm. on his tractor. You know, it's like so common up there. And so I never really talked about it because I always just thought I was almost attacked by a bear. (laughs) Right. Well, let's get into that a little bit. So what color was it? So it was pitch black, Mm -hmm. but I could see the silhouette, but it had dark fur. When I saw it, the light on it from the parking lot, it had like a dark brown to almost black kind of color. Mm Mm-hmm. When it leaned down to scream at you, could you did you get a look at its face? Kind of. I squinted my eyes because I was terrified. Yeah, no one blamed but you. But I could yeah. see. <laughs> <laughs> but it kind of looked like a 12-foot-tall gorilla. Mm-hmm. And the whole time... You know, as I'm picturing this in my head, tell me if I'm wrong. It's on its, if if it were a bear, it's on its hind legs. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was. And that was why I was, I was like, so when bears are angry and they're going to charge, like this is a legit question. Like, do they go on their hind legs though? I don't think they might raise (laughs) up to try to intimidate something, but if they're going to charge, they're going to be on all fours. Right, because they kind of toddle when they're when they're. 
<laughs> well, and see, that's the thing is, it's like the only time I've seen a bear upright is like Grizzly Adams. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm glad you remember that. Yes. I'm, I'm that age. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> um, like a circus bear. Right. You right. know, the times that I've seen a couple of bear, they were sitting down or they were on all fours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And so I'm six feet tall. Mm -hmm. And when it ran up to me, I could just see the chest in front of me. And I was too afraid to look up because I'm like, this thing's going to eat me. Right. Yeah. Well, no, no one blames you for (laughs) what you did or didn't do in that moment. The howl or the roar. Uh As it's that close, I've, you know, I've heard things from a distance that you know mm-hmm. i don't know i can't say exactly what they were but i've mm-hmm. known people who have you know experienced these howls and they said they're they're insanely loud unbelievably loud but they're usually yeah. at a distance so th- this mm-hmm. thing like howls or roars in your face 
Mm-hmm. Did it hurt your ears? One hundred percent, it did. Okay, yeah. It was it was very painful, but the weird thing is, is before when it ran off that hill, I was frozen, and I've heard people talk about that sonic wave, mm-hmm. or that you know, like you know how lions and tigers yeah. will. Yeah. Omit that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. 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 And after hearing about that, I kind of thought, and and this is just a theory. I don't know anything. I kind of thought maybe it omitted that, and I kind of stood frozen. Mm-hmm. I, but I don't know if it was that or if it was like this instinctive voice saying, "Don't move a muscle." Or if it was like God protecting me that day, because I'm like, Jesus, I really don't want to die. <laughs> right. Yeah. If well, if I'm gonna die, I don't want to die like that. I so, want an open casket. <laughs> do you have a feeling about that voice? Like, do you feel it was, you know, an internal voice, like from you, or do you feel it was, you know, something external telling you, you know, do not move? It felt external. It felt like a very strong whisper in my ear, and I felt arms wrapped around me. Hmm. Like something was holding me back, but then at the same time, I felt like if it wasn't holding me back, I don't think I still would have been able to move. Mm-hmm. Sure. If that makes sense. Yeah, I was just, I was kind of getting at whether you thought it was, you know, people of, attributed mind speak to you know bigfoot what do you thought it was yeah. coming from from him or some other source i what i wonder i i don't know mm-hmm. it was a very deep man kind of a voice and it was not scary it was don't move a muscle wow commanding but not in a mean way in a just don't move mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I don't know if it would have been the Bigfoot speaking, but I have heard of a lot of people that have said that they've heard mind speak from from Bigfoot. Even Dave that I spoke about, up in that valley area, he is known as the Bigfoot guy, and he has talked about mind speak. And I don't want to sound mean. I've always believed in Bigfoot. But first of all, I never thought that I would ever see one. And second of all, I never thought that I would believe him on the mind speak. Mm. But I got to say, it's just because of a couple of things that he has said. I'm just like, uh, I I don't know. You know what I mean? But I don't mean that in any disrespect to anybody else. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like that their stories are theirs. And... I'm not going to disbelieve their stories. So when you move over time mm-hmm. from thinking this is a bear to thinking this is, you know, Bigfoot or something, something like it, mm-hmm. do you have to go through a period of sort of adjustment? Like, Oh wow. Wait a minute. Like I saw something that was, you know, not a natural animal. What was this other thing? I did actually. And it sounds weird, but I was kind of hoping that Wes would say, yeah, that's that's just a, a bear that just might have rabies. <laughs> I don't know. 
you know, because I had it in my mind for, let's see, since 2014, and it's 2022. So that's a good, what, seven years, eight years, somewhere around there, six to, I don't know, eight years that I'm thinking it's a bear, it's a bear, it's a bear. But you see, I also understand that a lot of people, when they see these things upon listening to people, they kind of put in their mind something that actually makes sense yes. of what they saw. Yeah, sure. And so when Wes told me that, I, it sounds weird. I, I'm actually almost embarrassed to say this, but I almost went through a grieving period to a way. Because I was in denial, and then I realized that what he was saying was true, and that bears don't act that way, to I have to readjust my thinking on this, and then I have to adjust my psyche, too, because um, I kind of went through this process of, oh my gosh, I did see that. Oh my gosh, that was more terrifying than, you know, mm-hmm. I, I like I ended up staying the night with my sh- with the double barrel shotgun <laughs> <laughs> in one of the cabins to just kind of like stay there. But I was scared to death. Still, I took a shower because I thought, okay, I've got to, I got to do something. <laughs> do something and I took a shower and I after knowing it was just a bear I just sat and cried Mm. because I was just so terrified and I was like what just happened to me so I had to process that and then once I realized that it was a bear then I had to do some re I had to digest that you know I had to process that and I have to say it was it was a little bit hard I went through this little period of depression to be perfectly honest because I was like I don't even know who I could possibly tell other than other people that have gone through that and there's no there's no support group (laughs) (laughs) I'd like to make one (laughs) Sasquatch Chronicles and Strange Familiars there's there's your support groups right there yeah 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 yeah, that's that's better therapy than what I could get I mean I'd probably be put on medication if I I, that's you know it's one of the uh wonderful things about the show it's one of the great things i get to do is people get to share these stories and other people get to hear them and they go okay i'm not crazy other people have experienced this and yeah. you know i'm going to tell my story now and it's yeah hey it's great for me because i love this stuff but it's you <laughs> know i'm happy that that it serves a purpose for people as well i'm very happy about that well and and that's that's another reason why I started doing my little YouTube channel mm-hmm. is because it's for me to to do the research and then talk about whatever topic I'm talking about it's very therapeutic for me mm-hmm. and then I'm hoping that it helps other people too so I totally get that and then to know not saying that I would hope this on other people, but to know that there are other people that have experienced similar things, it makes you feel like, like what you said, it makes you feel like 
you know, I'm not crazy. I really did see that. Mm-hmm. I really did experience that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the the world is much stranger than I think uh, a lot of people would like to believe. But, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people get tapped on the shoulder by this stuff, whether they'd like to believe it or not, which is a, a whole other thing. Which I wish that my husband see. So when I realized after Wes told me, I told my husband, so he already teases me about all the other paranormal things that had <laughs> happened to <laughs> me I, constantly. And so, well, he stopped for a while because I was like, you know something? You don't believe in God, and I do. And if I believe in the paranormal, you have to believe in God and the devil in order to under or, or I, I don't want to say that, but like a higher power than yourself in order to accept the para weird or the paranormal things, if that makes sense. Yeah, I don't, I mean, there's people who are going to argue against that. For yeah, sure. yeah, that's true. Um, oh, of course, yeah. of course. Uh, you know, I would say mm-hmm. one makes the other easier. I think. Yeah. Uh, and and going both ways, honestly. For me, it kind of went the other way. You know, it's like there was enough weirdness and paranormal stuff in my life that I was like, wait a minute. What's the other side of that coin look like? It was church. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. That is true. And so I was raised LDS or mm-hmm. Mormon. And so when I was younger and I'd see things... Um, my mom would say, well, it was just a bad dream. And the only reason why she did that was because she didn't want to put fear in it. She believed me, but she didn't want me to get afraid Mm -hmm, of what I would see. So she would say, oh, that was a bad dream or whatever. Or, oh, yeah, that was a good dream. But then when I realized that it was Bigfoot that I saw, I told my mom, And I was really scared, too, because I didn't I wasn't sure of her reaction. And she looked at me and she said, I believe you. And I told see, she comes from she was born and raised in Alaska. Well, she was born in California, but she was raised her life in Alaska. And her father has always been kind of had visions or visionary kind of a man and he would have these dreams that would come to pass or he would see things and if you didn't know him you would think he was crazy I mean a lot of psychologists say that you know like you've talked about abductions before and you say I call it and people call it an abduction but it wasn't really because I really didn't leave mm-hmm. or something to that effect. And yeah. I understand what you're saying because shortly after that, I was abducted. Okay. I wanted to get into that anyway. So, <laughs> but yeah, let's, let's dig into that. Okay. So in 2016, so two years later, I had a different job and I was translating from Turkish to English and English to Turkish for a boy at a private school in northern Utah. I was still living in the same place where all of these weird things are (laughs) happening. And then I would travel to work, which was like, you know, 20 minutes into civilization. And 
I got hit on the head with a freezer door that came down. And if you were to have watched the video, you would go, that should not have happened. It was near impossible for this thing to happen, but it happened. And it was rumored that that room that I was in has a spirit in there that moves things. And it's been on camera that like the refrigerator door will open and close and open and close all night on its own. And so I got hit in the head with this freezer door because it was laying down and I reached in and I was knocked out for, I don't know how long. And I don't remember the next couple of days. Wow. I don't remember how I got home, but I had to have driven myself home. Oh, jeez. And I do remember my son came back. He was on a trip to Arizona and he came back and I was stuttering. I couldn't remember anything. And so um, he took me to the ER and they did a MRI on me and they found that the left side of my head on the upper part where speech is, I have post-concussive syndrome from that. And so I got a really, really, really bad concussion. So I, I was out of work for a while. And I started stuttering. Well, in the meantime, my son moved out. And so I was home alone. And I started seeing I, I so I've I've always had that um sleep paralysis problem mm -hmm. throughout my life I didn't really have sleep paralysis that couple of times but what would happen is it was as though the walls around my condo melted and it was nothing but bright lights and I would see three I don't want to say humanoids, but for lack of better words, they had big eyes, longer necks, long arms, and they were really, really tall. And they would come in and they would give me information and get information from me by putting something on my head. And I kept thinking, oh, this it's it's my you know it's my painkillers I'm taking maybe I'm hallucinating but then I started watching these documentaries mm -hmm. and as I'm watching them I knew exactly what was happening before they would say anything mm -hmm. and I was kind of getting scared and at the same time I started having all these dreams and these dreams are really odd dreams but they are kind of prophetic in a way because it's about the future. I thought I was going nuts. And I did a mistake and I went to a neurosurgeon and he's one of the best in the United States. And he works at University of Utah Hospital. He wanted to just put me on medication and he told me that I have a neural problem that has 
amplified my mental illness. Mm. And so, therefore, I'm mentally ill and I just, I need to switch my job and I need to just take a bunch of medication. Mm -hmm. I thanked him very kindly and then I decided not to go that route because I feel like I'm crazy, but I know I'm not. I know this really happened. So that happened like three or four times. And then the last time that I saw these these creatures or these humanoids or, for lack of better words, maybe grays, but they weren't gray, I had a dream that I was running and someone was chasing me. And I fell down and I fell off of this like really tall part of a mountain site of like I was up in where that where that Bigfoot was chasing me Mm -hmm. or where he screamed at me and there's a like that small hill and I jumped off of that and onto a bunch of rocks and then when I woke up in the morning I gotta tell you the whole right side of my body was black and blue but I woke up in my bed and my feet were muddy and muddied all of my sheets and everything Wow! and I was in so much pain because I have one kidney on my right side and I was worried about that and so I went to my doctor and I asked him to take pictures and it was like from my shoulder blade all the way down to my knee. And like I said, I'm six feet tall. So it's it was a pretty huge bruise. And then the right side of my face was just banged up. It looked like I was in a strange car accident or something. And it was the craziest thing. And so that night, I was having one of those dreams, well, quote unquote dream again where they were coming and I just I said in the name of Jesus Christ and by the power of the priesthood which my father holds get thee hence and they've left and they've never come back Yep. and so and I mean I don't want to sound like highly religious or anything but at the same time that's the higher power that I know and that's my dad has cleansed my house a couple of times from Mm -hmm. things and he told me one day he said you know you have the power if you believe in God or if you believe in Jesus Christ or if you believe in Allah or whatever higher power you believe in and you say those words and you tell them to leave you they cannot harm they cannot come near you anymore this and is I, the uncomfortable truth that a lot of people don't like to hear yeah. because if you're not religious you think we're being religious when we say this or if you're of a particular religion you think we're saying one religion is right and one religion is not but that's not the case this has been proven highly effective whether people are wiccans or you know mormons or mm-hmm. or, or catholic or whatever jewish yeah jewish whatever islamic it doesn't matter it's been yeah. proven effective with these things i don't know necessarily what that means or what that says but it's 
it's kind of true, you know, and it, it makes people uncomfortable, like I said, on both sides, both religious people and non-religious people, but it's, well, it's the and, way it is. And I don't want to sound super religious because I'm a really bad Mormon, if everybody <laughs> wants to know. <laughs> I'm a bad Muslim, too. But I drink, I you know, do the, do the devil's lettuce or whatever, but, <laughs> but yeah. And so I hate to, to push religion on anyone. I believe that they can believe whatever they want to. If they don't believe in a God, that's totally fine too. Mm-hmm. They can still call upon a higher power to rid of these things, you know? Um, yeah. It's like I've said, it's just like, it's something to do with yeah. belief, not necessarily religion, yeah. but belief, which is, you know, I don't know how to, that fits yeah. into the whole equation, but yeah. I don't know either. And I don't really understand it because there have been times where I've not said anything and it's just almost like oppression in a way. If I don't use some form of, cleansing block even so i have my essential oils of frankincense and myrrh and you know protective oils i also have sage i also (laughs) what is that 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 wood that you uh, can use yeah is it uh palo santo yes i have that wood too because i'm like hey i gotta cover as many religions as i can just in case (laughs) i get anything wrong (laughs) (laughs) but at the same time i for me the sage helps for me incense helps Mm -hmm. for me you know putting those those blocking oils or protection oils on also helps for me having olive oil blessed olive oil helps you know and whatever anybody else believes that's fine too i i really don't care but i know for me this is works for me mm-hmm. you know yeah, yeah so um it's interesting that you i mean presumably your your dad is mormon yeah my 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 mother and my he's my stepfather but okay, i call my call dad because he adopted me mm-hmm. but yeah but it's interesting how that like when he said, like he was, a, he said, you know, Allah or Jesus or, you know, I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's interesting that he kind of came to that uh, same, same place, I guess, that we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. And from the time I was little, my mom has always taught me that it's not just men or people that hold the priesthood that can cast demons away because you know how in the new testament it talks about how jesus cast demons into pigs and then they mm-hmm. ran um, off a ran cliff and, yeah. yeah yep so my mom was a single mom until i was i was 10 and so i remember her praying over me if i was really sick i remember her praying over me i remember my mom's life see so so my mom she was a single mom her father's dead so i can say this he wasn't he was a good man but he had a lot of demons he was a marine in world war ii and he had a lot of he saw a lot of trauma And I think that he had PTSD and I think that he had a wife who was my mother's stepmother and she was very cruel to my mom. Mm -hmm. 
And so when she left the home, she left forever. She, she I, I knew my grandparents. I knew my uncles, my aunties. However, it was my mom. It was my mom and her daughters against the world kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And my mom was a very strong person. But she turned to, you know, the LDS faith for her strength and her her love for people and helping others and wanting a sense of family. But I never got that in any religion. And I studied many, many, many religions because I'm just curious. And my dad, he was a philosopher and a psychologist, and he was the very first person actually to integrate psychology and philosophy together. Mm -hmm. And so we would talk when I was a teenager. I ate slow and he did as well. So my mom's (laughs) like, you guys can clean up the kitchen. (laughs) And so, so we did. And we would talk about things. And my mom, I would go, gotta go, mom. And she's like, where are you going? You don't have shoes. I gotta sell these carnations for the Hare Krishna temple that we need to build. A week later, gotta go, mom. Where are you going? I'm going to the synagogue. Um, duh, it's in Salt Lake. Gotta go, bye. Gotta go, mom. Where are you going now? Oh, well, um, the mosque. You know, <laughs> I'd go to mass. I'd, you know, and there are a lot, a lot of churches in Salt Lake as well. So there's like a Presbyterian, Lutheran, a beautiful, beautiful um, cathedral just down the street from me. Um, that's a Catholic cathedral. So I love going to Christmas Mass there. And it's and it has nothing to do with like really Christianity to me. It has to do with a culture. It has to do with admiring what other people are doing. Mm-hmm. I like to see that, you know. Um, but for my mom, it's like her church is her family. It's her life. It's and and she is so non-judgmental too at the same time. But when I, I remember growing up, I overheard my mom one time say, well, I don't know about Dina. I think she's just going to go to hell in a handbasket. Oh. My dad said, why? <laughs> and she goes, she's going to all these churches. <laughs> and my dad said, oh, she's just trying to discover herself. So in my family, we have 10 of us. It's a his, hers, and theirs. And there's Mormons, there's atheists, there's a couple Wiccan, <laughs> there's a couple of people that use mushrooms to get their inspiration, I guess you could say. Sure, yeah. <laughs> In my own home, I didn't force, you know, religion on my kids. I did teach them about the Mormon church because that's how I was raised. But I have a daughter that's a Wiccan, a daughter that is a islam i have a couple of kids that are mormons and you know what we all love each other so stinking much it doesn't matter in the end that's that's beautiful (laughs) so anyway i'm digressing so that happened and then i have to say i taught myself how to not stutter but i when i was growing up i stud i had a huge stuttering problem and then when i hit my head I got a really profuse stutter. And then both of those times I've taught myself how to not stutter. And then I moved from 
the place where I was and I moved across the valley eight miles in an opposite direction of that mountain where I saw Bigfoot. Mm -hmm. And I, this whole time, had been waiting for my husband to come be reunited with me here in the United States. And I went through a lot, a lot, a lot of things to get him here, Um, especially money. It's pretty expensive to immigrate legally. And I moved into this house that was really, really strange. And let me tell you why. So this house was next to something. And I don't know what that thing is. However, I've had many, many encounters with many different things. And my mom believed me on this too. And I was so happy she did. So I, all my life have true crime and the paranormal have been my two things that I just, I've always used my like money (laughs) from babysitting to go and buy magazines about, you know, unsolved mysteries kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And, (laughs) and, uh, same with the paranormal. I, had when I moved to this new house, I had this very, very, very strong feeling that I needed to put salt all around the perimeter of the house. So what I would do is I'd put salt and I'd put frankincense, drops of frankincense, all around the outside of the house. And then on the inside, I'd put bags of salts all in the window seals. Because the owner didn't want me to sprinkle the salt across the, the window panes. Mm-hmm. And I was like, good enough, fair enough. Okay, here's a bag of salt. And I did that. And I was house-sitting and dog-sitting for this family. And they were gone like 10 months of the year. And they have this beautiful Rottweiler. And this beautiful Rottweiler, he would, him and I, we immediately connected. We immediately were best friends. He was at my side all the time. And he would even come to work with me. He was such a cutie. <laughs> anyway, at night, he would run down this hallway and he would show his teeth and he was angry at something there. But I couldn't see what it was. It was down at the end of the hallway. And behind the the wall was a three-car garage. And that's where they kept all of the tractors and everything. uh, Trailers and tractors in there. And he just would go wild and wild and wild. And I would be like, it's okay, come back over here. It's okay, come back over here. So, winter comes. And I had been seeing things from the corner of my eye and I'm just like okay I'm ignoring that 100% ignoring that and then I started seeing really strange footprints in the snow outside and let me tell you they were how they were strange so there is on Amazon Prime a kind of a documentary well it is a documentary it's called Hellier oh yeah yeah I, I did the soundtrack for the uh last episode of season two. Oh my gosh that is so amazing anyway <laughs> sorry okay so i had been watching hellier and i just like all this kind of stuff and 
I was like, wow. And as I was watching, I was like, oh my gosh. So there are three toed footprints everywhere mm-hmm. yeah. around the perimeter of this house. And, and I kept going, well, there are wild turkeys all over the place. But it started getting too it there was too much snow around my property that I was living that wild turkeys would be there. They only came in the autumn time and then in the beginning of winter, but then I don't know where would they would go for winter, but then when the snow started melting, so like in March and April, they would come out again. But these were stranger than wild turkey and let me tell you why they were like three feet long Mm. and that is just too big Mm -hmm. but then also some of them weren't like the skinny kind of footprint they were the round ones that you see in hellier and i was like oh you know believable i totally 100 percent you know, I, I just was like, huh, that's strange. It looks very s- similar. Well, then the owner of the of the house and the property, she loves fairies. And so she has all over the place gnomes, fairies, all over her, out the outside of her house. Mm-hmm. And she also loves angels, too. I think she just likes those things. I'm not sure if she believes in them or not, but I do. And they, there were all these things that started coming onto the property. And I told my mom, I keep on seeing these strange spirits or they would look like spirits and then they would develop into something solid. And they're always really strange and creepy sometimes it would be like a woman but she would have like chicken feet or a woman with you know like strange feet can you describe her more okay so she would dress in like a shabby very shabby white dress it was opaque she was opaque as well and she kind of had Uh, black around her eyes and long stringy hair she looked like she just got out of a she she literally looked like she just climbed out of the lake that I lived near like Mm -hmm. just really dirty wet her hair was always stringy and wet and jet black and then she would have the feet, though, were not human feet. They never were human feet. They were either horse hooves, goat hooves, or um, like a large bird, like a like an eagle mm-hmm. bird kind of feet with big talons on them. Uh, this is incredibly interesting. There's so there's an entity from Germanic folklore known as Perkta. And she is a woman in white. She wears white and she appears either as a a beautiful young woman or or an old hag. But either one or both feet, they said, were uh, bird feet. Oh, my gosh. That is okay. That is I I not heard of that before. And I love folklore. 
but that is really strange. Dina, what's your YouTube channel? It is called the Paraweirdo, but I think it's under D, just the letter D, Long Rock. Send me a link to it, and I'll put it in the show notes so people can find it. Oh, that is so sweet. Thank you. No problem. Thank you so much for telling your stories. And, you know, one of my theories is that places aren't haunted, but people are. And I think you're going to have more stories to share with us. So come back (laughs) in the future, please. Oh, I would love to. I have some more from a while ago, too. So awesome. Anyway, but thank you so very much for everything. Sure thing. And... I really love listening to your podcast. So thank you you for having me. Thank you very much. So at the end of our discussion there, I kind of faded out the audio and then brought up the end part where we said our goodbyes and Dina talked about her YouTube channel there. The second part of the interview will be on Patreon, and that's where I connect more dots to Perkta, and Dina tells about seeing a goat man, and more. For the rest of that conversation, become a patron at Patreon. It's patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. Before we do our curiosity of the week, I wanted to remind everybody about Maynard's GoFundMe. Maynard's a patron, and he's been a longtime listener to the show, and he's going through some stuff right now with, it's just medical bills medical bills, medical bills, medical bills, and he's in danger of losing his apartment. So if you can help Maynard out, the GoFundMe link is in the show notes. All right, what do we have for the Curiosity of the Week out? Well, continuing on with the butchering of the German language. Oh, okay. (laughs) I have a related item. I bought this initially because I knew it was some kind of old medical thing. Mm -hmm. And it has a, a really cool triangular sticker with a swan on it. And that's what attracted to me first, and then I came home and did some research on it. Apparently, it's an early, pre-World War II, sometime between 1900 and probably 1930s, entirely sealed. Like, it, this is pre-plastic wrapping. It's almost like a wax paper wrap around it with several different seals from a German, actually a Berlin chemical company, with a seal for Schwannen, so I assume that's Swan Apothecary, Okay, where so it would have been sold. But it's for, it's like... Uh, Anti-neuralgica, so I'm thinking it's a it's a pain reliever. Okay. I looked it up, and it's mainly codeine. Oh. <laughs> so it actually would relieve some pain. So Yeah. It's entirely sealed. I haven't opened it up. It could be a missing finger from someone. I don't know what's in it. <laughs> <laughs> you it, didn't x-ray it? I didn't x-ray it for this purpose, but when I looked it up and I saw that it was made out of codeine and something else, but codeine was the, the real pain reliever that I saw in it and that it's entirely sealed with really cool labels. I thought somebody might like it for their medical collection. Yeah, don't take it. No. Do not use this. We sold something else on here before we, we had to give out that warning. It's a hundred years. It's over. It's probably over a hundred years old. Yeah. I don't know what the half-life of German coding is, but... That is neat. I wonder how many doses are in there. I don't know. It's like a, it's a small little container. That's really cool. But the sticker on it for the uh, pharmacy is... Like, just a bonus. It's a really great graphic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I've chosen not to even say what the chemical company's name or anything related to it is. I know. You're avoiding that. Deftly, I might. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I'll take some photos of that. I'll put it in the show notes. And if you click on that, it'll take you over to our Etsy shop where you can purchase that 
and other curiosities of the week, those that are left. Also over at Etsy, we have strange familiar shirts. We've got glow-in-the-dark and regular. I believe we have all sizes of both still at this point, small through 3X. The 3Xs might be in question. I'm not sure. But we at least have one in one of the size, in one of the designs. Yeah. The stock one Etsy is accurate. Mm-hmm. So whatever sizes they, they say we have is, are the sizes we have there. I've been getting some love for the Strange Familiar shirts because uh, Greg Newkirk wore it for the one of their podcast episodes. People saw it. So thanks, Greg. When they're at the Met Gala, I expect similar wear. <laughs> also at Etsy are my books. All of them. And if you get them from Etsy, they come signed. And there's Strange Familiar stickers there, Strange Familiar's patches, and much more. Go ahead and check it out at Etsy. Our shop name is Lost Grave. But if you type in Strange Familiars, you'll see our stuff come up. While you're on Etsy, make sure to check out our friends at Karmic Garden. And Chad has a shop as well, Ruck Rabbit Outdoors. Any other news to report, Allison? I'm done with winter. Well, still got it. I know we haven't even reached halfway, right? Yeah, Isn't that Groundhog, gra- Groundhog's yeah. Day is halfway? I was going to say, the Groundhog hasn't even popped his head out yet, so... Like it or not. (laughs) I guess that's really all I can say for (laughs) Like it or not, it's here. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Patrons, I'll get the patron show out with the rest of Dina's interview very soon. Everyone else, we'll be back soon with more Strange Familiars. Strange Familiars is a production of Dark Holler Arts, music, books, art, podcasts, and more. Intro and background music is by Stone Breath. If you want to hear more or purchase music, you can go to stonebreath.bandcamp.com. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash strangefamiliars. We're on Instagram, at strangefamiliars. And you can find us on the web at strangefamiliars.com.
burning sword For if that mine had trapped him in a mess Seek with an evil you The fairest in all the broad land Your sorcerer's words are to tell me Took out his dagger of fire and of steel Struck down the raven through the heart Fluttered long in the sky it did spin, and the cold earth did wonder and star. There is a raven that I struck down. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, 
planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.